Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, we're here with the Hollywood Life Podcast. And I am joined today uh, with by my co-anchor, Allie Stagnita. Hey, Allie. Hi, Bonnie. Um, I'm so excited for today. And guys, as always, whether you're listening on Apple or you're listening on Spotify podcast, make sure to leave us a review. Subscribe. We have a new guest every Monday. And we have a really special one today. Um, you can also download her songs on Spotify and Apple. Um, and I'm going to let Bonnie introduce um, introduce her. But it's not too hard to find her songs on Spotify and Apple since they're number one on every list. Bonnie, go ahead. They are such big congratulations to our very special guest today. Um, everybody, welcome Adassa. Hey, Adassa. I'm so glad to be with you too, Ali, Bonnie. This has been a dream come true for me. Oh, I can't imagine. That's right. You are part of the giant hit film, Encanto. And it has just been nominated for three Oscars. Yes. We not believe it, but at the same time, because of just the way that people have embraced this film and felt so identified with so many of the characters, I mean, best animated film, best score, Jermaine Frankel, first woman to be nominated in this category, and best song for Dos Oruguitas, which is Never happened before that a writer, in this case, Lee Manuel Miranda, has been nominated twice for an Oscar. So this has just been a lot of firsts for all of us. It it really is wonderful. And, you know, and it's a time, too, that, you know, we I think that when the film came out, you know, we've been in the pandemic. Well, on one hand, you know, we all wanted to to see, you know, some new films and new takes. But. Um, I don't think anybody expected it would be the massive hit and also the fact that a song that is very much your song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, has dominated the charts and been number one on the Billboard music chart. We still can't believe it. We're pinching ourselves. Like, I still can't believe when I turn on Disney+. Plus. What? That, that is, I'm actually in this. It's incredible. <laughs> Four weeks on the Hot 100s, six weeks on the Top 200s, and it's going strong. And we are just so grateful to all the people who are cosplaying the characters, who are dancing to the music, who are just sharing it, who are reenacting parts of the film, because they have made it what it's become, this super massive hit that has broken so many records. Yes. Well, guys, so for those of you listening, so Adatha is is um one of the voices on We Don't Talk About Bruno that you might recognize from TikTok because people have taken their own, you know, waves of this that really kind of got it going. And Adasa, you then joined on TikTok and have done the song um, in its original Spanish as well as in English, singing along to it. What was your reaction when you first just saw all these videos starting to blow up? 
I wasn't even part of TikTok until about three weeks ago. So honestly, because one of my fans that wrote to me on Instagram, they were like, hey, can I follow you on TikTok? It's like, you know what? Right now I'm texting with you. Let me set it up. And that was my very first like follower on TikTok. And now I'm almost like like over 600,000. And Uh it's so much fun because I go on a lot of lives. I did a cooking on TikTok and I just talk to them and then just to hear in what way it's been impacting their lives and what their favorite parts are. So just to be able to connect with people on a worldwide kind of platform and TikTok has made that possible. And to hear people like rapping my part in English or in Spanish or in their own language. I even had one that wrapped it back in Russian and I was like, this is awesome. Like I would have never heard that. I mean, the song has been... Yeah, the song has been used, I just looked it up because I wanted to see, on TikTok, just the sound itself, 819,000 times already. And that's just one version of it. Yeah, that's what you call a viral hit. Yeah. Yes. And it was so much fun doing this in the booth because at first when I received the demo, Lin-Manuel puts his vocals on every single line because it's so hush-hush and, you know, so he was the one that was singing every single part. So when I heard the part of Dolores, I thought, you know what, I'm, I feel like after being with the directors, Byron Howard and Jared Bush and Cherise Kessler-Smith, and they were telling me what they felt about the character, that she's a, more of an intimate speaker, I thought, you know, I don't hear her going... I kind of feel like she was singing it. I can always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling. I associate him with the sound of you know, and that take, the first take that I ever did of the song was what you see on my TikTok. And I was just like, I hope I don't get fired, but this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> and that's the one It was amazing. What do you, um, like, why do you feel that this film has just you know, taken off the way it has? Like, what is it that talks so much, so many people that's in this film? I think it goes beyond just feeling diversely seen because as an Afro-Latina, I grew up with watching films and telenovelas with my grandma in which people of color were the help or the background dancers. They never had a principal character. And to see a film, an animated film in which so many principal characters are table shoulder to shoulder and being equals no the person who's dark skinned like me is not serving we're all serving we're all eating we're all sharing and we're just as important to the story as the next person and I think that that is really magical how they captured the essence of even the skin tone difference between Felix's character or Peppa's and my skin tone or you know Dolores's hair and her texture compared to the other ones we all have it but then it goes down to the root of the heart of the story, which is Abuela, and how she had to suffer through something unimaginable to the other people in the story, which almost makes her feel like the villain, but she's not. She just went through something so painful, and it speaks to the heart of displacement and also to the immigrant status of a lot of people. My family immigrated. My dad came here from Colombia, and so did my mother, and I was born here. I was lucky enough to be born here, but a lot of people who not necessarily have been displaced or is an immigrant situation, but have lost somebody to something tragic like COVID or divorce or a death they know what it's like to have to pick up from nothing and have to start a new life and not know what that's going to look like that's the beauty of Dos Ruguitas Dos Ruguitas is the story of two caterpillars who were so in love and thought this was going to be the most amazing 
story of their lives and they were just going to be in love and that's what life was about but as we all know what is the transformation that two caterpillars need to endure it's turning into a butterfly so that path of having to adapt yourself to understanding you will never again be a caterpillar life will change forever but it's going to be different and it's going to be hard but it can be beautiful and you will soar higher than you can ever imagine that's the beauty of those Ungitas, and that's one of the reasons why it got nominated and i feel that is why this film touches and inspires people so deeply it's not just about the beauty and the magic and you know all the quirky and the obviously the beautiful unicorn donkeys, but also because it hits to the core of an adult that goes, I know what that's like. A single mom having to raise kids on her own. A single dad having to do this on his own. You know, it speaks to that. And for kids, it's like, I see myself. That's me. That looks like me. That sounds like me. Mm -hmm. It's for everyone in any age group. It's true. You see parents loving this and reenacting it. You see the kids saying there's cracks in my house that nobody else can see just from the movie um and it really it it touches so many homes in so many different ways now you did also touch on um the fact that we don't talk about bruno wasn't submitted um for best song and at the oscars and you said you understand i had seen another interview that you understand why can you explain that a little bit further um to us as well well to me we Don't Talk About Bruno is such a fun song that is the story of many characters being told. You know, they're telling their vision of Bruno. Like, if you notice, Camilo's like seven foot frame wrapped along his back. It's like, come on, you're being super exaggerated. But imagine, Bruno's been away for so long. He might have seen Bruno when he was like four. So to him, you look up and you see this guy, which in, in reality, Camilo's actually taller than Bruno because he's not that tall. But that's his vision of what Bruno was. Mine is like, I can hear, you know, I can always hear him sort of, you know, and he can hear through the walls and she can hear this. And do you really understand what I'm saying? And nobody really does. But that's her perspective. And then what did, you know, Isabella, he told me that the time of my dreams, you know what I mean? He, she sees this whole life and it's everybody's perspective, but Dos Ruguitas is the heart and soul of the film because it's that moment when Mirabel and Grandma that have had such friction because Grandma never wanted to admit the reality. Things needed to change. She even shunned her own son from the family because she didn't want change. No more change. She had to deal with the struggle of having to endure not having her husband. And if you notice, she always wore that black shawl, which was a showing of her love, her forever, never-ending love for her husband and commitment that she had to him. She never remarried. She had to go alone. So when she finally tells Mirabel, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable with you, this is what happened. The thing that nobody wants to talk about. It wasn't just talking about, we don't talk about Bruno. It was, there's things that we don't want to say because they're too painful to admit. And when she finally admits that, without dialogue, but through this song, and you see all these frames, you understand deeper why she's fighting so hard for her family and now she's had to admit we finally got to the place I never wanted to get to where is everything is crumbled everything is gone and what are we going to do and then Mirabel finally goes okay I'm so sorry I understand I could have never imagined you went through this but we can rebuild this we can do this together and a lot of the story is you know the townspeople got comfortable I mean, hello, you have somebody who can, like, move a church and grab all the donkeys. Yeah, let's be nice. Yeah. 
hello, you know what I mean? Do your part. And so at the end, they say, we, we have no gifts, but we are many and we'll do anything for you. So they all finally gather together and join forces without powers to rebuild and reconstruct out of pure love. And that love is what really binds a family together, not the secrets. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting because when you say it relates to so many people, there are so many families that have secrets and, and also that have conflict and that, and, and that they have to really find their love again. And use the yes. love and pull them back together. Any family, we have a lot of secrets. My family has them. There's stories that yeah. died with my grandmother. Like I will never know the truth. There's stories that died with my grandfather because they wouldn't even tell my mother. So there's things that like now I'm like picking on my mom. Please, I don't care how horrible it is. I need to know is this real? Was this person actually married to this other person? And yeah. is that you know what I mean? Those kind of secrets. Of, is that really my aunt or was that? that person's mom you know (laughs) (laughs) i love it um you talked about um you know recording for the first time and i think on your instagram i saw a video of you actually recording uh in the studio and lynn manuel miranda is there like what well first of all what's it like like having to record, but even to do dialogue for an animated film. I mean, I think that's got to be much tougher than when you're doing a film where you're, you know, in, in interacting with other human beings. Especially because of COVID restrictions, we had to record, like I recorded here in Nashville, actually in the booth that you see right over here. I'm going to just point it over so you ladies can see. I know maybe those who are podcasting can't, but that is um, the studio booth that I recorded in. It is an incredible experience because you have to imagine so much. When you're doing a live action film or you're on on a set, when they say, and now you jump in the river, you literally jump in the river. So you feel the cold, so you react to the cold. In this case, they made it such a wonderful safe space to be funny and quirky and innovative and imaginative because the directors really let you flow with it. And so when I was in the booth and they were like, okay, So in this scene, everything's falling down. You're running, you're yelling. So I'm in the booth and I'm literally picturing myself on this mountain and everything is crumbling or the house is falling down or this scene is happening or we're sitting down to eat. How would I be in that moment? I'm sitting down, I'm eating, I'm reacting. So you have to picture a lot of things, which really expands your imagination and it connects you to the directors in such a way because they were so creative and so funny it makes you feel like you're just hanging out with family because to be vulnerable and to be quirky, sometimes you don't even want to do with your own friends. You're just like, oh, they're going to be talking about this forever. You know, if I'm like, you know, but with them, it's like, oh, we're doing this, you know, and I can do that. So free to do it because they give you that freedom of feeling safe and they're not going to laugh at you. They're laughing with you. Right. And was it all done? Like, did, were they on Zoom or were they? Because I know in that video, too, like, Lynn is watching you, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, virtually. It is virtual. I had an iPad set up just like this, and then I had two different cameras in the booth with me because they also capture things that I do, like, with my eyes or my expression, my face. And mm. the animators are so amazing. They're magicians, honestly. They take the things that I would naturally do and then adapt it to the character. Oh. Like she goes... Tonight, he wants five babies. You know, the way that I would react, like, in my face. Like, I'm kind of 
ticked off that we're talking about Mariano and I kind of like this guy, you know, I'm in love with him, but you know, I don't, I don't want to be mean to my cousin. So the way that I would put my face in a almost bland way and speak, I don't want them to know that I'm pissed off about this, but it's okay. You know? <laughs> right. And they would pick up on those little nuances of my face or my eyes. And then they adapted to the character. Wow, and amazing. So Actually in the animation. So yes. Kind of, it reflects, your own facial inflections and characteristics. Really interesting. And it's amazing because they do that out of footage. And that was all set up again as well in the booth with me. Wow. So were you, when you were reading your part, were other actors on, on Zoom, like were they reading with you or was it always um, one of the produce, the directors reading with you? Like how did they put that all together? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I honestly feel that they are so imaginative because there wasn't anybody else reading with me, not even the directors. Like, they don't even read the line before or after. The way that I did it, I would just say my line and then wait for the next cue in the in the book, in the scripts, or in the sides, what it's called, you know? So as I was reading my sides, I'm like, okay, this is what I would say, and then this other person says this and this, and then I would come in again. So I would just do them probably like six to seven times each take. So if I said something, if I wanted to do like a lot of emotion or a little bit of emotion, I would do it different ways. And they honestly would choose the best lines and put them in the film. When I first saw it together, I was like, I can't imagine how much work that took because each one of us, multiple performances. Right. You know which one's going to have that tickle. Yeah. And then they had to put it all together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like a like, massive jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and then, but we were talking about this briefly before we went live on this podcast. You have seven kids. Yes. Seven. Are fans of, of Encanto? They do. They absolutely love it. I was able to watch it for the first time with all of my family at the movies, and it was so nice to be able to have them all there. And my daughter, who is just turned nine a couple of days ago, her name is Alyssa Bella. She's actually at, in the film as well. She was cast as one of the town kids. She's one of those kids yelling and, and running around with the coffee. Right. So it was because it wasn't just my dream come true, because I've dreamt about doing anything and something with Disney since 1989, The Little Mermaid came out. I knew I wanted to be a singer. Like, I wanted to do something with Disney. And to see her at nine years old, you know, having that moment and seeing her name in the credits was so beautiful because we get to share it together. And, yes, they are always asking me to do it in front of their friends. They're like, Mom, do the line. Oh, I love how old are your children? I mean, this is incredible. Like, you are so young and you have seven children. I mean, that's a lot of children, period. It is. It's a fun house. Let me tell you, a lot less hours of sleep, but a lot more joy. I Well, from ages 27, 23, 12, 10, 9, 5, and 2. Oh, my God. 27 and 2. So you have a 25 age range. It's very, very wide. 
<laughs> That's what my husband said when I was like, after the first that we had together, which is our 23-year-old, because the 27-year-old, I'm his Latin mama. I, I just absolutely love him. Um, the 23-year-old was our first, and there is a big gap between the 23 and the 12. It was like 11 years. I did a lot of touring, and I went off and did stuff with Snoop and Pitbull and traveled the world, did the Madison Square Garden and, you know, uh, American Airlines Arena. And then I was like, okay, honey, I think it's time to have more kids. And he was like, no! Oh, really? She <laughs> went from so one. one story, like, but then afterwards, like, then you added like a, a ten more. <laughs> I know. Oh, five more. <laughs> While we're at it, <laughs> what, what made you? Um, well, your husband, you said, went no, but obviously <laughs> you convinced him to expand the family. I didn't what, have a lot of arm. Pardon? <laughs> I didn't have to do a lot of arm pulling. Uh-huh. Though. What What made you want to have such a large family? I love kids. I love. The joy of being able to be with a group of individuals who says it like it is that are so much fun and that you can also grow in ways you never thought were even possible. Um, you live many lives through your children because each one of them is their own self. And I feel like my 23-year-old is living the life I never had because I got married very early and she has her own apartment and two cats and she's traveled the world and done everything at 23, no kids. But see, she's living another life that I could never live because that's not the path I chose, but I can almost live it vicariously through her or my 12-year-old, which has extremely long straight hair and she's very much an Isabella, you know, very popular and she loves to draw. I don't have that talent. And to see her making these works of art and like, here, mom, look what I did with these white shoes that you just bought me. And I'm like, this is amazing. She's living a life I never had and, and experiencing things I don't. So to me, it's like I get seven lives additional to the one that I'm living myself. And it's beautiful and it's chaotic and it's lovely and and it's risk taking. And I see it in my kids and some of it is scary really because this generation is like what are we i feel sometimes like i don't understand but they help me understand and so they help me be able to embrace everything happening in my life as well as their lives and i feel like i've just multiplied myself wow how do you balance it all i mean like you said you were touring with snoop you have music with pitbull you're a creator you have your own music you're an actress like and a mom how do you do it all I sleep about four hours a night, and I'm not joking. It really is. Oh, I know. I know what it must be like. Yeah. You know it is. It's time. So some time has to get sacrificed to be able to have everything that you want, and you know that not everything will take care of itself. Today is the day that I get to do as many things as I can, and when the day is done, I'm like – I. I finish my day and then I go to my kids. And then we also have made a pact, my husband and I, that we do not travel more than three weekends out of a month. So there's always one weekend, which is completely dedicated to the children. We don't work on their birthdays or on Christmas. So there's certain days that we respect that are just for family. And then they're kind of in the industry as well. Like, Three of my kids are already signed to Atlas, which is, you know, an incredible company, which gets them voiceover work. So their day is pretty much like mine. They come home from school. We do homework. And then they go and read some sides. And, like, they're a bug. Or they're flying a spaceship in the middle of somewhere. And so they get to have that experience as well. What, what is your husband also in the entertainment business? He is. And I think that's what really keeps our family. I would say a lot of people, they're like, you guys are like the Emilio Esteban and Gloria. You know, I'm like, I guess so. He's a music producer, 
how we met. He was producing the first group I ever got signed with. And he's worked with Ciara, Missy Elliott, and Luis Ponce. And he's produced for so many great people. And he has a production music label um, that does music for film and TV. So we share that joy. And when I no longer was touring, we just focused on our TV and film. And I kind of retired from doing stage shows until Encanto came along, which now I'm again touring and you know, we'll be going to Canada and Utah and we're going to be doing the comic cons and it's just so fun that we get to do it. And sometimes I bring the kids along as well. Okay. I've got lots of questions, but so are, do you think, are you done having kids or could there be more? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what Gabriel says. <laughs> He's like, so are you done? I'm like, I don't know. Seriously. I think I am. But then all of a sudden my 12 year old was like, you know, we need another boy. Cause there's, very few boys in our family. There's five girls and two boys. So they're like, it's not, it's not fair, you know? So I don't know. So but no, imagine, oh my gosh, that would be, <laughs> I'd have to upgrade the car wow. now. Cheaper by the dozen. Is there any talk of Encanto coming to Broadway? I've heard rumors. Honestly, I've heard rumors. If anybody was going to take it and make it a smash hit, it would be Lin-Manuel Miranda. I have so much respect for everybody that does Broadway because it is completely different than as an artist that I've done this for 20 years going on on stage and doing a set because there's so much choreography involved. And so, I mean, you have to project and you're there doing this four or five days a week. So my respects to the Broadway, I, maybe I'll do like one show and be like, and I'm done, you know, but I'm sure he would make it a, a complete success. I think people would watch it, especially because it's set yeah. in a house. So it would be a really cool doable thing. You know, it's not like in the ocean. Also, I mean, Disney has a history of putting on Broadway shows and being on Broadway. Totally. That would be so good. (laughs) So maybe we'll get to see you in person in not too long. I hope so. I hope so. That would be such a fun experience. I mean, this whole thing has been bittersweet because during the process of getting cast in this film, I had a a battle with COVID. I had had it in January and then mm-hmm. it was bad and then I recouped. But right when I was called and, and asked to audition, I was not feeling great. And I thought, honestly, I'm pregnant. Here's number eight. Really. It went to that because, you know, you're feeling queasy and I knew what COVID felt like. And so after I did my amazing audition in front of all of the uh, casting directors, the, the writers and I just, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go get checked out because we might be pregnant. So the next day I went and I got checked and they were like, no, you're not pregnant. And I took like 10 pregnancy tests at home, but it had happened with Raquel, our 12 year old. All my pregnancy tests came out negative, went to take a blood test and was positive. So I went and then that blood test was negative. And then they started checking and seeing what is the issue. And as I was there in the hospital, little by little, I wasn't able to speak. I started blurring my words and then my leg falling asleep and then I couldn't move my arms and they couldn't figure out what was going on and then frightening it was extremely because just the night before I had just auditioned with uh you know Hamilton rap and yo so 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 this is what it feels like to match wits with someone at your level what the hell is the catch is the feeling of freedom of seeing the light is Ben Franklin with the key and the guy you see it right and then I'm in the hospital I'm going so so and I can't move my mouth and I can't move my lips I must have scared you had a stroke or something 
that is exactly what they started tracking. They ran MRIs, CT scans, more blood work. And then they told me, you know, we can't allow your husband to come in because of COVID protocols. And I told them, I'll just sign myself out. I'll be held responsible or liable for whatever. I just need to go home. I don't want to die here if this is what's happening. Um, then a friend of ours who is a paramedic, he came over to our house and he said, I think you may be having a stroke or something. This is really weird. So he drove us to Vanderbilt, which is in Nashville. And we were there 14 hours. And again, every single test under the sun, more MRIs, more CT scans, more blood work. And then the neurologist came and said, you know, unfortunately, there are so many unknowns with COVID. There's not much we can do. We can run a spinal tap and see um, if there's other conditions that it may be associated. And then I told them, you know what, I just want to go home. And I went home. My husband and I were just crying. I left my car at the other hospital because I drove myself there and I couldn't even walk myself out. And um, I wrote my will out. Mm. I kissed the kids. I couldn't hold them, which was mm. the worst. The baby couldn't understand why I couldn't move my arms. And I could not explain to you the amount of love that has poured out. I mean, I've been married to the same man for almost 25 years, but the way that he just loved me so deeply and without reservation during moments where I would just completely paralyze in the shower and I couldn't even move my feet. And he would just be like, don't worry, and lift me out naked and place me on the bed until I would finally regain my movement again. And during that time, I had already done the audition and I was like, I could die happy. I met these people. I said my parents' name. I told my grandmother's story. I told my mother's story. It lives immortalized in these people's minds. I did my job. You know, my, I did my family proud. And a few weeks after that, as I was testing different things, eating habits, I changed to a completely vegan diet. I would only be able to drink shakes for a while, just trying to figure out what would work, what would make me paralyzed, what wouldn't um, they called. And Jamie Spiro Roberts herself, which is the casting director for Frozen and Wreck-It Ralph, Ryan the Last Dragon called personally to congratulate me for getting the role. And I barely was able to speak wow. at that. And uh, my husband covered the phone and he said, I think we need to tell her you can't take it. And I told him, you call her if I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and then, yeah, then tell us what happened. Thank you. Thank you so much. When do I start? That was all I could say. And then she's like, oh, in about three weeks. So for three weeks, I did nothing but train like Rocky for that fight. Like I would wake up and go, okay, I'm going to walk by myself from here to the kitchen. That is it. Like here to the kitchen and I'm not going to faint. And, and I'm just, I'm, that was my goal. And miraculously within three weeks, I felt like I had conquered the world. I felt like a tiger seizing that moment in the booth. And um, ever since then, I've been very, very careful. Like I was careful before, but now it's like extremely careful with everything. And I'm doing a full recovery. I was even able to get vaccinated after my my doctor for a while. He was like, we need to be careful with vaccination. We don't know how you're going to react. But I was able to get fully vaccinated. And, and thank God, I mean, I still have will written and I keep it there because it's like it was the most incredible dream come true bound with that moment where abuela is feeling like how is she going to continue without her family because my husband seeing my husband eyes his eyes just like crying at me like I can't save you from this and so even picture my husband having to raise seven kids on his own it was like 
when I saw that scene, I broke down because I knew what that felt like. And and we didn't have to go through it, thankfully, but a lot of families have had to, you know. So that's where I'm saying, like, I there's so many ways in this film has touched people's lives. And I am a testimony that dreams can come true and that you can come back from it. But some people are not so lucky. And, and, and my heart goes out to those families that have had to endure that and not being able to come out on the other side the way that they were hoping to, but have to reconstruct a new life based on their outcomes. Right. So the, the doctors really believe that this was all the effects of COVID on you. Yes. It affected you. Basically it affected you neurologically. It sounds like. Yeah. That would come for the paralysis and the slurring. Yeah. And yeah. I couldn't, for a while I couldn't walk and talk. So if I wanted to talk to somebody, I would have to sit with my hands on my legs and just. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Speak. And the thing is that I had to learn to speak very lightly. Hi, could you please come down and take the dishes to the kitchen? And so I had to speak very low and very softly. So when the director said, you know, what we're thinking for Dolores' character is very soft-spoken character. I was like, that's where I've been for three weeks. Wow. That's great. Oh, my gosh. Adasa, we're so happy that you made a full recovery and um, were able to to pull through that because you are such an iconic role in this character and have really, um, you know, kind of have, have a stamp on all of our lives. Like I, you know, play the song over and over my head every day and it wouldn't be the same without your voice. So we're so happy that you um, made that full recovery and, and shared that with us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Now, is there um, in terms of Oscars, were there any plans for the cast for the Oscars? You know, I have no idea. I would totally be there. Like mic in hand, whatever. I'll take coat. <laughs> Honestly, it's such a beautiful experience to just be nominated. And if they did have plans for the cast to attend, that would be wonderful. So I would be there in a heartbeat. Well, we are so happy for you. And we're happy for, you know, everybody involved with the film and with the musical score. Um, Congratulations. And thank you so much for coming to talking with us today at Hollywood Life. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been amazing. And I just want to leave this little um, thought, you know, for everybody out there that feels like they're too old or their time has passed or it's just not going to happen for you. You know, you have to trust that what you have within you, that light, that shine needs to be felt throughout the world. Just don't give up on yourself. Trust in your instincts, trust in your talent and your day will come. Wonderful words. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you, Adasa. Hopefully we can have you back soon. Um, maybe next time with your one of your kids, your talented children. Yes. Can join in. They will take over. <laughs> that would be great. Amazing. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.